Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And for today's episode, I'm simply going to call it a spiritual potpourri number three. And it is going to be about a couple of different subjects. The first one I want to talk to you about is I'm going to call simply a word of faith. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians begins in verses 1 through 4 with the following words. Paul and Silvanus and Timothy, under the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. For our purpose in this brief study in this episode today, I want to focus upon a statement found in verse 3, your work of faith. Students of the Bible must understand that according to God, the faith that saves is an obedient faith. The greatest treatise on the glorious theme of salvation by grace through faith ever written is, in my opinion, the book of Romans. Consider how that book begins and ends. In Romans chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, Paul wrote the following. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Note the phrase, obedience to the faith. The book closes with the following words found in chapter 16, verses 25 through 27. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Note again the phrase, for the obedience of faith. In God's word, faith and obedience are inseparable if we're talking about a faith that saves. When Paul wrote of the Thessalonians' work of faith, the word for work denotes a deed or an act from Vine's Expository Dictionary. So Paul was writing of their deeds or acts or works. The truth is that an act of faith will save no one To prove a person's faith, indeed, as a very part of their faith, God requires obedience. 
To demonstrate this truth, simply consider Hebrews chapter 11, sometimes referred to as the Hall of Fame of Faith, and note the language used to describe saving faith. In verse 4 we read, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. In verse 7 we read, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. In verse 8, we read, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, obeyed. In verse 17, we find, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. In verse 29, we are told of the Israelites that by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. And in verse 30, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. Surely all of us can see that a faith that saves is a great deal more than a simple mental assent concerning the facts of the life of Jesus. My friends, we cannot invent good works to save ourselves. We are saved by doing God's works, not because they place God in the position of owing us our salvation, but because they are expressions of our faith. Our job is to do that which God's divine word has revealed he wants us to do. That is what the Thessalonians were doing. They were living their lives in obedience to God's revealed will. That was their work of faith. The second thing I want to talk to you about is I'm just going to call it, it made me tremble. I want to tell you about an event that happened several years ago several years ago and when I close my eyes I still can see it and when I think about it I still can remember it as plain as day. My daughter Rachel, a little girl at the time, she was is now a, a mother of three. Anyway my little daughter was going to have a slumber party at our home in Louisville. Since the prospect of a house full of little girls giggling to all hours of the night did not particularly appeal to me my son Adam and I made the trip to the country. The country for us was Rockcastle County, Kentucky, where my wife's parents lived. No sooner had Adam and I arrived when we were given the opportunity to participate in something that I had never done before. We were going to burn a field. Being from the city and not having one drop of country blood in me, that seemed a peculiar thing to do. But they were all pretty excited about it, so I thought, well, I'd go ahead and give it a try. When we put the first torch to that field, darkness was just beginning to fall. All around the perimeter of that field, small fires were set, and with ever-increasing speed, the small fires joined with one another until there was one continuous circle of flames all racing toward the center of that field. After valiantly doing my duty of seeing to it that the fire didn't get out and burn up the knob, Adam and I walked to a corner away from the fire and stood there to watch. By now darkness had completely fallen, and standing there looking in a pattern of 180 degrees, all we could see were the flames that were fire licking up against the darkened sky. It was a memorable sight, and as it turned out, both of us were thinking the same thing. This must be what hell looks like. As I stood there watching the flames, various thoughts came to my mind. For instance, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, 
prepared for the devil and his angels. That's Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41. Also, and if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And also, if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye, than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. That was Mark chapter 9, verses 44 through 48. I'm not sure if the fire in hell will be a literal fire or if that is a device used by our Lord to illustrate the pain to be suffered eternally there. Personally, I lean toward a literal fire. However, whatever it will be, watching the fire that night just reminded me once again how much I don't want to go there. I'm a Christian because I love the Lord and I desperately want to go to heaven when I die but I am also a Christian because I do not want to go to hell. There is one thought going through my mind as I write these words and think back to that evening. All the while the fire was burning, I was keeping my eye on Adam. When I occasionally lost sight of him, my first thought was, where's Adam? At the time he was a young fellow, naturally curious, and he wanted to get as close to the fire as he could. It was my job as his father to keep him safe. When our children are in our care, it is our job to keep them safe from hellfire as well. Children are young, naturally curious, and as they grow, there are going to be times when they are going to want to get as close to the fire as they can. Those of us who are parents must steer our children away from the fire that is not quenched even more diligently than we would steer them away from a burning field. We will do all we can to keep our children away from an earthly fire. What about a fire that no amount of water can put out? Just a few things that I wanted you to think about today.